Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Welcome back to Collider Movie Talk. On today's show, we are discussing the brand new trailer for The Irishman. On top of that, Ava DuVernay has made a comment about what villains we might see in her new Gods movie. We are discussing that on today's show. And... Man, we've got quite the panel. I have to admit, I've kind of missed this trio right here being on the table. Roca, Jeff, thank you so much for being here today. You're too excited and it's making me nervous. He's been a Scorsese day. <laughs> You've been hyping this appearance. Let's have some fun. We're having a Marty party. Woo. Scorsese day. It also is actually Harry Potter's birthday. But more important than Harry Potter, it's also Cody Hall's birthday. Wow. Happy birthday back there. I hope you have a good one. Looks All eternally right. 16, though. <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> Jumping into this first story, where thankfully they didn't de-age them until they were 16, but there is a lot of de-aging technology that we could see on display in the Irishman trailer. Of course, this one comes from Martin Scorsese, and it is an upcoming mob drama that spans decades and follows Robert De Niro as Frank Sheeran, a hitman whose actions changed the course of American history. A highly anticipated trailer right here. We yeah. really wanted to get a look at this de-aging technology in use in in the footage. So, Jeff, you get a first glimpse of this movie today. What'd you think of it? Well, first of all, can we use the, the de-aging technology on John Roca in this Aww, episode? Hey. Nice. What's the budget? I look younger than you, Joe. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, we should use it on me. That's no, right. guys, uh, you know, there's been a lot of chatter uh, on Twitter this morning about that de-aging technology with mm. that final reveal of, of De Niro in the trailer. I thought it looked good. I know it's not, you know, it's not taking us back to the taxi driver Mean Streets days, but it shaved a good 15, 20 years off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks great. I think that the trailer did a great job of communicating the horror of this story. 
This is not a good guy. This is a guy who, who killed dozens, if not hundreds of people. He's a bad man. Um, and, and, and when you see the guy scampering on the sidewalk, and De Niro just plugs him right there. I, th- I feel like that it really did a great job of communicating that. I love the, the, uh, the, the whooping, uh, like mm-hmm. that, that uh, oral element that you're hearing uh, in the soundtrack. I, I, I can't wait to see Joe Pesci. Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we've gotten plenty of De Niro and Pacino lately, and, and you know, it's been a long time since we've seen them together, obviously, in Heat and Righteous Kill. But, man, we don't see enough of Pesci, and I am pumped for that one. Yeah. I second all of that. Roca, how you feeling about this one? Absolutely. Totally excited. You know, Riley and I did our trailer reaction. You can see we were a couple of kids just screaming <laughs> our heads off during that whole trailer because it's great to see Scorsese going back to this kind of material and bringing De Niro along with him. You know, it is a true story, but like all the good films of Scorsese does, a small story that taps onto the larger story that's happening historically in the world. Goodfellas with the Lutanza heist, and now you have here going on with the Kennedy campaign, right? All that stuff involved with Giancana and Jimmy Hoffa, his battles with... Bobby Kennedy, all of that highlighted here looks great. Pesci starting off that trailer with that voice is that ring situation was fantastic. All of it looks great. And the D, if you're focusing on the de aging, you are focusing on the wrong thing. There are so many phenomenal shots in this movie, and you saw you heard the budget ballooning to 160 million, Perry. And I understand people getting concerned about that, but it's showing on the screen. The thing was, I went into this trailer ready to look for the de aging, but because of the intensity of the trailer and how quickly it sucked me in, yeah. by the time it wrapped up, I realized, oh, now I have to go scrub scrub back and just examine all the little details after the fact. Right, right. Um, you know, in, you bring up the money and yep. like why that would make people nervous bill simmons did the same thing in his reaction who cares it's not our money it's not my money i don't care how much money netflix spent on it nor do i nor can you even look at it in terms of uh, a traditional like box office reporting financing situation because this movie's going to get a theatrical release for a couple weeks Mm. but the majority of people are going to end up catching it on netflix so i just don't understand why that is like part of the story the budget and by the way the budget 160 that is very conservative well it's always very conservative i'm thinking it's closer to 200 because it was 150 yeah, initially. Yeah. You're right. And I'm telling you, they've been so far behind on the effects. They have hired companies full of people to be working yeah. on this stuff the to make the The only reason a budget in this case ever concerns me, and it kind of goes back to when we were covering MoviePass nonstop, yeah. I just get very worried, especially with a company I admire, like Netflix, and I want to see keep pumping out original films and TV shows. I just get nervous about overspending and overspending and overspending mm. and then caving under the pressure. Because I don't ever want to see that well, happen that, there. You could say, uh, from, in my opinion, I think that happened in Gangs of New York. There was all that money being brought in. He was borrowing. Weinstein was borrowing. All this stuff was happening. And in the, to me, the end result didn't show up on screen. This looks like they've mm-hmm. spent the money wisely. And whether it's a success or not, it looks like Scorsese has all the tools he needs in that toolbox to create an epic film and a small story at the same to time. To me, the de-aging thing is just a gimmick, though. Yeah. You know, like, sure. th- this is a great story, and it's one that Scorsese has really spent a lot of time developing. Yeah. You know, he, I, I can't really recall a lot of projects that he has developed as long as he has developed this one. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, Zalian really did have a lot of time to, refi- to refine that script. I'm sure there's a cut out there. The, the, the Scorsese cut that uh, that is four or five <laughs> hours long or something like that. I'm, sh- I'm still not sure what the official running time of this film is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be one of those movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where I, you know, I could just spend all day mm. sort of watching it. I'm actually kind of hopeful that in the end it's not even going to be a gimmick. It's going to be justified through what we see in the actual movie. That's the dream come true. Yeah. But when you talk about the success of a movie like this, it's kind of twofold. And 
This has just been on my mind because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm curious what you guys think. And I know it's hard to remove yourself from this when you already know the true story. Mm. But what about for someone who's a little younger out there, might not be familiar with the true events? Do you think that what we saw in this trailer is enough to sell that individual on this movie? Because I was reading a couple of reviews. I don't know if you caught any of these from people who did not know very much about Sharon Tate that went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and how their response to the movie was drastically different from Mm -hmm. those that did. Yeah, and I thought that was the... One of the problems with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is Quentin was asking you to bring in all your research or your work or your knowledge about that situation and do the work a little bit for him. And I th- with this, I think you have a great, you make a great, to ask a great question, you make a great point to ask that question because you worry about how many people care about Hoffa anymore. How many people care about Jack Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy or know the story? They're going to, they're going to have to do a lot of work to do a little more exposition in this film to get people to care. But even if they do, how many people in their 20s or 30s really want to go and watch this kind of thing or or click on it and watch it, I wonder. Yeah, this is a period crime film. So even if you made it for half as much, for $100 million, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still a risky bet for any studio in town. Netflix doesn't have to operate by the traditional rules. And the people to whom this story is going to matter, it's going to matter to those people a lot. Yeah. You know, like th- th- this, along with the Tarantino film, are probably like, th- those are the two most anticipated movies of mine this year. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, there's been a lot of chatter this week about how Quentin's movie might fare in terms of awards. What do we think on, on that front as far as this course yeah because i mean that's the other form yeah. of success they could find here and right. should this be a big for. winner at the oscars that to me could justify that budget just in terms of reshaping netflix as a film production company sure. which could speak to its longevity but you know it's always tough making a call like that this early on especially with something like tiff on the horizon where now my bullet point list is just down to the floor but how can you not count in A movie directed by Martin Scorsese with this cast, Mm. with this kind of material, and now that the first look kind of already has me even more hooked than I was originally... I think that bodes well for its chances. Go ahead, Absolutely. John. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I thoroughly agree. Just from the trailer alone, you, you, I, I don't know if Pacino necessarily stood out, even though he talked the most in the trailer. It's Pesci and De Niro. That's what you're looking at to see if there's possibilities for awards here. And we didn't even talk about the rest of the cast, which mm. is incredible. Jesse Plemons, yep. uh, all these people involved with it, Harvey Keitel. It, even Catherine Narducci is coming back to be in another film with with uh, Scorsese. This is all exciting. This is all great. For those of us who are massive fans of Scorsese, how could you not be excited for this? You just hope it turns out well, and you hope it finds an audience. And especially, and Perry makes a great point, I hope it finds its awards because that, as you said, will make it all worth it because they couldn't get it done with Roma. Maybe they'll get it done here. I think it's going to be a, a major awards contender. De Niro obviously has to be in contention mm. for lead. Supporting, yeah, you're looking at Pesci and, and uh, Pacino and Keitel and who knows who else could stand out and a Paquin. Yeah, uh, Paquin, sure. Um, yeah. You have, it's shot by Rodrigo Prieto. Uh, who's a brilliant cinematographer. Yeah. The music's by Rob, Robbie Robertson who, of the band. Yeah. But, he, so, but you know, we got to talk about the big dog, which is Best Picture. Now, I don't think that it's going to win Best Picture. I, I, in fact, the last movie that was about, like, bad people to win Best Picture mm. was, in fact, The Departed. Uh, That's Scorsese's thing. Like, because it was just, who is the hero in this story? You know, like, who are you there rooting for? There is no hero. Right, you, who are you rooting for? And so that's where I, what I think yeah. is going to maybe hurt its best picture well, chances. we even had that discussion last year when we were narrowing down our picks for winners. Is mm. it's, There's something about the climate that we predicted would make people inclined to vote for, you know, a movie with its heart in the right place, right. pushing for something good. So maybe that's going to bleed into this year, and that might ruin its best picture win chances. But... I think that should this movie come 
come out and it be very good, it's definitely going to be on the list. I, I agree. I think yeah. a nomination is likely unless Marty completely you know blows it. Um, but yeah, it's it's the win that I think. Maybe and it could win Best Picture because it's Martin Scorsese. If anyone's going to get away with profiling bad people and letting it win, it's Martin Scorsese. This is making right. me so excited to be on the cusp of award season kicking off. Yeah. I can't wait. We're going to be discussing it a lot here on Movie Talk, FYC, and all over the Collider Video YouTube channel. And you know what else is coming to the channel? I got to tell you about something. It has something to do with Mr. Mark Riley. Check out this promo for Riley Roundtable. Hey guys, it's Riley here. Let me tell you about the Riley Roundtable. You know it, right? It drops every Thursday on Collider Conversations. And I have guests from all across the space. John Roca, Gray Drake, Alexander Desplat came on at one point. We talk everything from movies. We talk about life and everything in between. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? It's the Riley Roundtable every Thursday on Collider Conversations. You get it there. And now I have the honor of passing this over to Mr. John Roca oh. to promote his show, The Deep Cut. Look, shout out to Mark Riley, our own Irishman there, doing his promotion for Riley Roundtable. The Deep Cut is another thing I have on the same feed as Riley on the Collider Conversations feed. Just finished interviewing Frank Grillo, which went up yesterday. This week on Friday, we're dropping Leslie Manville episode. She's fantastic. Such a great one-hour conversation. She was Oscar-nominated for The Phantom Thread. And there are more episodes coming with great guests. Please go and listen to that. Uh, yeah. I really can't wait to listen listen to that She's one so when awesome. you posted that picture with her because i wasn't in the office i'm yeah. like whoa how would you get her it that's was something else pure luck and and she's great and uh i was so happy that she took the time and you guys will love that uh, episode did she so, tell so any pumped. stories about being married to gary oldman no i didn't ask her about okay. that we didn't find our way to you know it's a very organic conversation i have a bunch of notes I'm looking but we forward didn't find to our it. way to it. yeah <laughs> all right guys moving on to story number two now we are talking about new gods so ava duvernay recently participated in a twitter q a and that's where she confirmed that both dark side and the female Furies will appear in New Gods. On top of that, she also added that while she is keeping her mind open regarding casting, she said there is a 99% chance that an actor from When They See Us will appear in the movie. All right, Roka, yeah. first off here, Darkseid and the Furies in the New Gods movie. Yeah. Based on what you know about uh, all those characters, what do you think about the potential for them being the villains Oh, listen, this is the first piece of news that, it's, that has come. The Tom King news is great. Eva, Ava is great. The fact that they're going to throw in female Furies and Apocalypse into this excites me to know, and as a comic book fan, as someone who went backwards in time to read these from Jack Kirby, I can't believe they're going to do this. you got Apocalypse getting involved. You know, there's rumored to be the main villain in Snyder's original creation of the Just League and all this, but the female Furies with Big Barda, this is where it all starts. Mm. Barda is related to Mr. Miracle. She's with Mr. Miracle. What's that about? The female Furies are uh, trained by Granny Goodness to be dedicated to Apocalypse to carry out his uh, orders and his missions, and they've played on both sides of the fence, both heroes and villains. We're talking about Mad Harriet, Stompa, Bernadette, uh, Lashina, Artemis. I didn't want to miss any of them. There's so much involved, and those ladies are bad ass. So to have them get involved in this will be very interesting, and how much of Apocalypse and the boom tubes and all this kind of stuff getting involved in this will, uh, will be in the movie I'm looking forward to this more than ever. It's the most exciting. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the most like nerdgasming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. It's all over me. <laughs> Watching your reaction I, you know. as he explained the entire <laughs> time. You know what he was talking about? Granny goodness? I was like, Granny goodness. Oh. That's a tough-ass <laughs> character. 
Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I was more interested in the the casting yes. element of this. Uh, that that Ava's going to be bringing one of her her repertory players, if you will, from when they see us, which is one of the best things mm. I've seen all year. You guys saw that, I right? I could not yeah, agree yeah. more. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, the breakout star of that movie uh, or of that series was Jarell Jerome yes. from Moonlight. Uh, could that be the guy who she's referring to? That seems most likely. But there are so many people on that show uh, who would be like a great fit, like I Lo- almost Logan feel Marshall bad Green. That I have my fingers crossed for Jarell because I was such a huge mm-hmm. fan for Mr. Mercedes. But when you go down that mm. epic yeah, ensemble, just, you. Right, you, you can't could just pick give anyone. It to him. Yeah. Logan Marshall Green yes. is, is definitely up and coming after Upgrade. Uh, Joshua Jackson is off the affair now. Like I really like Josh Jackson on the affair. I was, I've been a longtime fan mm. of Josh Jackson. I would love to see him get more opportunities. Chris Chalk is a guy who's in Red Sea Diving Resort, uh, which is available on Netflix today. He made that movie way better. Um, he's in that series, Storm Reed, John Leguizamo, Michael mm. K. Williams. There's a lot of people to choose from, so it's not necessarily Jer- Jer- Jerome, but whoever it is, uh, I think New Gods is at, le- is at least going to have one really good actor. I will take just about anyone you can give me from that series. So we're in good shape thus far. The big question now is, given this update, Roka, do you yeah. think that New Gods is going to connect to much that we've seen thus far in maybe BBS or Justice League? Here's what I'll say, and I think I'm walking the line. I don't think it'll directly connect to Justice League, but I think it will have elements that were presented in this previous movies in Justice League and Batman v Superman that may show up in this film and uh, maybe a little more fleshed out in this movie because there is so much to talk about with this world, with Apocalypse, New Genesis. There is so much involved here with all the new gods. So to me, this this is what I think it will, it will have elements that we've seen before that will they will they'll be further explored in this movie, but they won't necessarily connect to the Justice Mom's League. calling Roker. I know. Answer. Hey, I'm on your movie mom. talk. Mom understands. Okay. I'm on movie if talk. If you want to give you permission to bring no, your mom no, on no. movie talk. I'll, I'll call her back. Tell her <laughs> I'll yeah. call her back later. Mom is probably um, correcting me about the female I theories. I will say that the operative word in this title is new. And yeah. I don't want it to connect to uh, BVS or Justice League. I think that DC is moving forward. It needs to leave that stuff in the past. That is the Snyder vision of mm. the universe. I think you need to give Ava DuVernay uh, leeway and hopefully, you know, I mean, listen, if she wants to include that stuff, go for it. I thought it, all that stuff was kind of silly, and I don't think New God should have any ties to it. I... I agree that new is the key word, and I'm rooting for her to be able to do whatever she wants, but I do think it's going to connect in the way that you kind of described, mm. Roka, where not connecting in the more traditional sense, like let's say we've seen in the Star Wars film franchise or the MCU, but I think it's going to be a very real possibility that this new Gods film just exists in the cinematic world that all of those others movies do, but you're not necessarily like beholden to this specific fact that happened at this specific moment in mm. one of those movies. Good. So I think it will connect, but it's also going to open the doors wide open for her to do whatever she wants creatively. Yeah, don't be surprised to see a mother box or a reference to Steppenwolf that doesn't necessarily mean they're referencing Steppenwolf from the Justice League movie. So the, all of that is in play here, and they should. Let her use every tool in the toolbox to do what she wants to do with the world. People will forget Justice League. It's this that they're excited is about. Is this sort of being positioned as uh, the DC's answer to Marvel's Eternals? Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. And where it's going to go, we'll see. Well, with Ava at the helm, I'm rooting for it. I do have one more question about this project, though. Um, Jeff, you kind of teased it a little bit in your write-up on Collider.com. 
given that we got this update right now, do you think that that's a good sign for this going into production soon? How long do you think we have to wait? It's a good question. I haven't heard anything in terms of uh, timing. I haven't heard anything in terms of casting. I think Ava said in that Q&A that her and Tom King are still writing the mm-hmm. script. So, I mean, you got to basically finish the script. Then they get a sense of all the set pieces and, and they have to budget it out. And then there's you have to build everything and there's pre-production. So I feel like the earliest that this would shoot would be early next year, maybe next summer. Uh, so I am going to put my money on a late 2021, early 2022 release. That sounds kind of reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can She's, I throw one last thing in yes, here? Yes, please. The Female Furies have gone toe-to-toe with Suicide Squad in the comics before. There is a possibility that they could not tie into Justice League, but certainly into James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. There might be something, if any film is going to connect to it, it might be that. Definitely worth considering. Yeah. All right, guys, we are saving a little time for your live chat questions and We've got a good one to kick this off right now. Rick Samoris is asking us, did you guys watch the trailer for Little Monsters? It just so happens that we watched it as a group right before the show. We watched it just for you, Rick. What did you guys think? (laughs) I thought it looked good. Um, I I really like Josh Gad. Uh, I like horror movies. I'm not the biggest zombie movie guy, and I feel like there's already been a few zombie movies this year. Like, you know, it might be better if there was some distance if I had to choose between this and Zombieland 2, I, I might go with Zombieland 2 just to see those characters that I, that I like so much. But uh, I don't know. This looks fun. And the quotes sort of promise a zombie movie that's unlike zombie movies that I've seen before. So I'm, I'm totally into it. It is very different. Okay. I, I got to catch this one at Sundance, and I really fell hard for it. Mm. Lupita is just... I mean, so perfect in this role. You will never listen to Taylor Swift the same way again after you watch this movie. <laughs> but also, that role is is so Josh Gad. Nobody yeah, else could have played that, that like character but him. Yeah, the trailer looked great, and I I think it all starts starts and stops with Luigi Niango. It's great to see her do something different, something another genre. Have a little fun with this, and she looks like she plays into the humor of what's happening really well. Plus, this is a smaller film. It's all set and it seems like. It's all set in one location so that ramps up the tension and makes for even more humor and the little kids i mean you may have seen many zombie films how many involve 10 little kids that they're worried about getting bit so uh, i think that i was thinking of that, nice coo- that cooties movie that i was oh, not yeah. i was not a big fan I, of that i, one. I oh, much cooties. prefer little monsters to cooties and no. i kind of enjoyed cooties for what it was mm. but this this one i think they play into the whole uh, you know kindergartner zombie apocalypse thing very very well yeah. and she's just so good Good. She runs away with Here's this movie. Here's what I'll say. That the movie's coming out via Neon, right? Yes. And Neon has really established itself as a, as a company. The movies as a distributor. that they caught this year, yeah. I, like I could not applaud them enough. Yeah, like even if I even if you don't truly love some of the movies, like I think I just saw Monos. I think that was a Neon release. And, Might be. And, and, I, and I loose coming out this right, weekend, really like August second. Um, Monos, I didn't out. love, but the point is, is that I trust this company in the same way that you know you, you, people trust A twenty four and the indie space. Neon is really making some some good uh, calls. They yeah. also have the Lodge. They, yeah, they, I'm all really that now. One. Now that we're rattling off all these names, I mm. think they picked up most of my like top ten from Sundance this year. So they good on them. And, Eleven too. Yeah, and, and exactly. go see Wild Rose if you haven't already. Right. They have Wild Rose yeah. also. And their documentaries, Apollo Eleven. I interviewed Todd Douglas Miller on the Deep Cut. You can listen to that. He's great. And that Aretha Franklin documentary is fantastic. The Neon does as well. So, so yeah, they're all over the place and picking up good stuff. Keep an eye on that company. All right, let's squeeze in one more question here. All right, let's go for a kind of weird, fun one. John Ashford is asking us, just saw Crawl, first horror movie I've seen in a while. What other animal would you like to see on screen? 
let's leave like puppies mm. and kittens and cute things out of it because I can't handle that. So what's, what you, a, what's what like a like a, a gator a gator kind of horror movie? A gator kind of horror movie. The original alligator. That was cool. I remember that from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Remember that was. No, all I, about I didn't snake. see that, but I just yeah. actually read some book or something like that yeah. uh, where, where it was mentioned. See, Perry Nemiroff will have you believe Uh-oh. I don't know horror. Uh-oh. I do know horror. <laughs> I watched a lot of horror film growing up, seventies stuff. I know all that. The two-headed monster, yeah, with Raymond Burr and Rosie Greer. That's fantastic. Girl, There's so a lot of crazy horror. What's the first horror movie you ever saw? Uh, Halloween. At, oh. at eleven years old. Wrong time to see that movie. That's the best time to see it. Nobody should listen to me about when you should show your children horror movies. Um, <laughs> did Did you guys see this viral clip? By the way, uh, some someone inside of Midsummer uh, videotaped a kid run, rushing out of the theater. Oh, no. <laughs> someone brought their kid Who to see that movie. Kid to see Midsummer. <laughs> no, it was hilarious. Now I need to go look that up. Wait, we need a Komodo we dragon. Need a, okay, Komodo dragon. Oh, I bought you right. some time. You owe me. You owe Thank me. you, Komodo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't pick gators. I, I, I said alligator. No, can I not? No, we had gators and crawl. I, I, I don't work know your brain a little bit. What is the question? <laughs> <laughs> what animal would you like to see in a horror movie? Um, a raccoon. <laughs> Raccoons are terrifying. I'd be open to raccoons. Dorian knows. Dorian said up. He was like, those damn raccoons, man. <laughs> All right. I have no answer. So I'm ending this episode oh. of Lighter Movie Talk. I cheated. Sorry, guys. Roka, Jeff, thank you guys so much for being here today. Adam in the booth, thank you for your hard work. Same to you, Dorian. To everybody out there, please do not forget to share this episode of Movie Talk. Also, hit that like button. Make sure you have your notifications on so you can catch all of our content as it drops on the YouTube channel. And guess what? You got a brand new episode of Collider Movie Talk coming your way tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.